always remember. Yeah, from Hot uh, Water Bottle. <laughs> that's what I thought we were going to yeah, go with. Yeah, I was, I was ready for, for Hot Water Bottle. Hot Water Bottle and Nina being married to my brother once. Those were the days. <laughs> Those were the days. <laughs> well, right. welcome to, we're going to hop right in for one. Are we going? Not ramble. Yeah. Bullshit. to what <laughs> I, you're telling still me gonna ramble no we're still gonna ramble <laughs> i don't want to ramble too long because this yeah. is a big day we have our first like non best friend forced to be in involved in this guest sure and i am so <laughs> excited to welcome her yeah. but to start my name is kendall yeah and i'm gretchen and then our guest today is Nina Bernardin, who oh. most of you know from high school and others will not know. So Nina, give us a, give us a sec, like, tell us who you are. You act like I'm not famous. Yeah, I'm right. Pre- well, you're not with Kendall's friends and they're the only ones that listen to this. So See, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I won. I was, a, I was given the most likely to be famous award in high school. So. Were. Oh, were you? you? It was most likely to be on Broadway, <laughs> if I remember correctly, because you and my ex-boyfriend won. Oh, yes, this is true. <laughs> this is very true. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm Nina. I live in Denver now. I went to school with these two lovely ladies. And where else would you like me to go from there? Well, we will, we will guide you there. That's okay, the, great. Yeah, the, we just started there. So although Nina was legitimately nominated to be most likely to be in a Broadway show, Gretchen and I self-declared ourselves the two most likely to podcast, and that's where you've ended up today. That's um, a senior superlative that we gave ourselves. So Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's how we got here. <laughs> yeah. And that's also the name of the podcast, most likely the podcast. And if anyone wanted to follow us or email us or uh, say hi, say that you want to be on the podcast, all of those things can be sent to us at most likely the podcast on uh, Twitter, which I don't keep up with and Instagram, which Kendall keeps up with and uh, Facebook, which I keep up with and Kendall, the email, which I keep up with. Yeah. But that's so basically you, the point. you could talk to Kendall on any or just DM Kendall. Yeah. <laughs> or, or text Kendall. Her number. I got this. I'm ready to talk to you. Uh, let me know. But yeah. what's really fun about this for me, um, so we were just sort of discussing that Nina is somebody that, because uh, Gretchen, you had walked away uh, or your phone had frozen or something. Jordan asked me, like, so was this girl like your friend or like an acquaintance or what? Sure. What was she? And I said, you know, during high school, I would have considered considered Nina a friend. It's just, unfortunately, like life goes on and it's somebody who I haven't kept up with in the last 10 years. So I am so stoked to, um, you know, see where you have gone and all of your amazing stories. So we do want to start like break the ice and just tell everybody what is like a favorite high school memory for you. Ooh, so yeah. I was prepped with this question and I still feel <laughs> blindsided. Yeah, um, classic. Because high school was 
a lot of fun. And actually, I transferred him to our high school. I don't know if we're dropping names, but that MHS. I think we blurb it, don't we? But, we do. I like MHS though. We we should do that. We should say MHS. Yeah. That's easy. And okay. I transferred there after freshman year because I'd spent multiple years at a school that was just like very, I mean, it was very formative for me, but it was also like a place where I experienced a lot of bullying and a lot of um, it was a very like painful time that those like middle school and first year of high school. And I was like, so ready to be out of there. So I also entered, entered with a ton of enthusiasm. And that probably is what makes me think so fondly of MHS. Um, sure. Well, I have to say, I am shocked about the bullying because obviously all I can think of is the person, yeah, that showed up with a lot of enthusiasm, but somebody who, um, one way I described you to Jordan, and I hope you find this as a compliment, but I said you are like intoxicating in a way. Yeah. Like you just have this quality that um, everybody is just so mesmerized by and um, wants to be around. And so like it shocks me that there would have ever been a time that that wasn't how you felt. <laughs> well, and I, I think, think it was a huge compliment. Yeah, <laughs> I also think it was just a, a symptom of that of that school that you were at because you transferred over there what fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh, seventh, eighth, ninth. Because because actually Nina and I went to grade school together even before that. So I've known I've known this f- since <laughs> we go um, way back. She's yeah, known me since I had bright grade. red glasses. You've known oh, me since I had a boy haircut. Yep, that's true. (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) Hey, hey, not that true. Okay, all right. It's gonna come back. It was a bull cut. Let's not. Let's call a spade a spade. (laughs) (laughs) It was a bull cut. (laughs) It was Gretchen tried to be a man in second grade, and look, I almost had it, and people like Nina (laughs) ruined it for me. All right. Uh, so, all right. So, so you come into to MHS with this kind of positive, I'm going to reunite with some of these people that really supported me vibe. Cause you were still friends with us all through that sixth, seventh, eighth grade time, ninth grade time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, specifically what, like, uh, Liza, who we've shouted out so many times on this podcast. Yeah. This hey, friend. <laughs> Shout out to Liza who's killing it. I know, I know. And, uh, and then Stephanie and, um, Haley. And I mean, this was, this is like, like eighth grade to ninth grade year. Those mm-hmm. kind of holdovers from the, the grade school. So, so you come in as a, as a 15 year old into wow. the, the, <laughs> the, the women, the women and the, and the boys who <laughs> infiltrated, uh, MHS. And what do you, what do you what do you take away from it? What's the first thing that pops into your head as far as even a starting memory? What what, what set it apart? Um, <laughs> I'm getting flooded with them right now, and I'm like, none of these are necessarily funny. The best memory? Oh, yeah, it does not have or to like be funny. the best memory, I, I, but they're just memories. If- I don't yeah. know if you've ever met us, but we are not funny. So. Well, okay. I'm going to have to say a huge, I'm sorry as a preface to this. So sorry, Alex. 
We haven't oh. spoken in a long time. <laughs> but we were in the same homeroom and you've always been like the bomb and so nice. Oh, so so like, great. Just such a such a solid human being. So like right. snaps to you, Alex. But before I knew you, <laughs> before I'd actually met you in person, um, I it was the summer before I started school and I found myself in a in a truck on my way to TP your house. Oh, no way. I don't know what that is. And yeah. so we did that. And then we got caught by the police. And then what? they let us go because... Oh, TP your house. Oh, okay, got yes. it. Yes. I was like, what's so, TP your house? I thought you were talking about team power somehow. And I was like, oh. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no. Though, good times. Yeah. yeah. Good times. Yeah. Um, you know, wasn't my forever, but good times. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, that was like my first, mem- I remember like sneaking out of the house. It like, this was the start of my, like, you know, sneaking out of the house, getting in the car, like TPing people. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, that was also a very terrifying night because we actually straight up got caught by the cops. And I was that say, is so let funny. us go because he- probably we white. They, I grew up, he was my neighbor, like two cul-de-sacs down. So like, that is hilarious to me. But this is another thing that I want to take away from like, again, who you are as a person, like you didn't even go to our school yet. And yet you were cool enough to be invited to go TP somebody else's house from the school. Right. Was that, was that through Ellen? Who was that through? That was, that was through my, my former lover, my high school, my high school sweetheart. Ryan? Mm-hmm. Oh, I was yeah. like, are we saying names? We say names? We say, we say, we say first we names. We say first names. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, yes. if, and if you say a last name, I believe it. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, to anybody who went to high school with us, no secret. <laughs> yeah. You know she dated Ryan. This, this is very <laughs> apparent. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so, so, so eighth grade to ninth grade or ninth grade to 10th grade. Ryan convinced you to go TP Alex. Yeah, a group of us. We all we all went mm-hmm. and TP Alex. Sorry, Alex. Again, <laughs> didn't know you. In the end, everybody was friends. Oh, this was yeah. pre pre all that. And uh, apparently, he got TP'd a lot that summer. And I'm sorry that I participated oh, in this. That's so. I also want to know who else was there. Give me some more names. You I honestly Alex? don't recall. I I want to say. I wanna, I wanna say like John. Okay, sure. that makes sense. But were there I, other women there? Like, don't, are we I talking don't, with Courtney and? No, I don't. This know. is where Gretchen gets like deep in the details. Yeah. She's like, so I go, who, I go who, did, who was chosen over me though? I on Lindsay's on Lindsay's <laughs> yeah, podcast, like I did not need to be there. But on Lindsay's <laughs> podcast, I talked about like grade school soccer for like a twenty minute. Like, I was like, let's go into this, though. Was I on your team ever on the rec league? Like, yeah. Was- and we're not going to let that happen this time. We're not going to so let it things happen. I want to know about Nina. So that is like one story that you have of like starting off. But I do want to go back. What is one of your favorites? Yeah. My favorites. Hmm. Like. <laughs> I'm really like going down memory lane right now because yeah. this is 
It has honestly been a while since I've like talked to someone from high school about high school. Totally. Um, Yeah. And like the things that we've talked about on here have been uh, completely just out of like all over the place. So it could be from a show. It could be from a class. It could be. Totally. I'm hoping that you'll edit out this long pause. Um, yeah, Gretchen. <laughs> Duh. Duh. Oh, your Duh. Okay, cool. Thanks. Um, I'm also thinking about when we used to hang out when we were both student assistants and you were for like a theater two class and I was for um, a professor or uh, professor, uh, Mrs. Uh, um, oh. Which I'll believe her name, but I was I was her assistant. You know, Mrs. got fired. Sorry, I believe that too. <laughs> You see that on Facebook? Because I did. No. Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, is gone. Pretty sure that... that I'm pretty sure that Mrs. taught that the dinosaurs were plants. So... She did. Probably overdue. It was out of love for her. Okay. I never had her, so... (laughs) You never had her? Mm -mm. I didn't either. Kendall, you didn't either? Mm -mm. Oh, she was... She was a really cool teacher. It was just like... You could never succeed in a class. All right, what you got? But honestly, okay, so a really positive memory would have to be um, I'm gonna a couple things, but but I loved, I mean, performing and doing the plays in high school was so much fun. And those, those like actual show nights and all like the vibes in the cafeteria below the stage and and like that was so i still look back on that period when like we were in the throes of rehearsals and stuff and i'm like how did i have that kind of energy i really don't know <laughs> right because Without at the time drugs yeah at the time in high school oh yeah no drugs absolutely not um except a couple times for the acts but that, that doesn't right. even that, that like didn't even we work didn't it. even increase my grade so <laughs> Um, just, just increase my heart rate. <laughs> it, seriously, it made me sweaty. It made me dry sweat. So, um, oh, shit. don't worry. It wasn't super illicit. It was just regular yeah. illicit. We've um, all been there. Just regular. Um, <laughs> gosh. But. So, uh, but all of like, I loved loved that. And during that period of time, like doing, I was during high school. I was obsessed with the idea of going to Notre Dame. And yeah. like my brother went to Notre Dame and he'd gotten the Lily scholarship. And I was oh. just like, cool, me too. You know, because <laughs> yeah. I yeah. looked up to him so much at the time. And so I had like all of this energy to take all the classes and do all the activities. And I was also like on the swim team during that time. Right. Granted, I was never a very good swimmer. I think I was on varsity <laughs> for a total of like two weeks. Yeah, on yeah. all of high school. Classic. <laughs> but it was a very competitive swim team. I, I'm gonna put that out you. there. It was Thank a very you. competitive swim team. I would have so been on varsity at another school. If I even not so much, but I swim, also don't know yes. that we've ever really said this in general. It's a very competitive school. Like it That's was a true. competitive school for grades, it was a competitive school for sports, it was a competitive school for theater. It was like I don't know. Mm, yeah. Somehow everybody was insanely talented. And um, I, I mean, I think that that also for meaning, I agree. I was just explaining to my coworkers how I was 
one of those people that was doing everything in high school, you know, like had a job on top of doing theater on top of, yeah, class on top of all these other extracurriculars. And um, I genuinely think that spawns from being surrounded by so many other people that had these like extreme goals that they were pursuing. And it, it was, you know, you're like, well, I got to keep up. I can't, yeah. can't so be the slacker did- in the back of the room. Nina didn't say I don't think we said this on the recording we might have but um, Nina was in the theater uh, programs as uh, Kendall and I both were if you couldn't tell from you know the other 16 podcasts that we've already uh, recorded about but (laughs) you know how many times that we've discussed how lame we were but uh, (laughs) Nina you're with me you're with Nina, me that you, I have no regrets over it. No, Nina was Nina was married to Kendall's brother for my first, uh, uh, you know, splashing in the kiddie pool of theater at uh, MHS because um, that was Little Women, our junior year. When uh, we talked about this on the podcast, Ken, <laughs> Nina's going to be bummed that she didn't hear this. The the tryst that Kendall had was happening as Nina was uh, trapezing the, uh, <laughs> the, the stage. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had yeah, no. like a, um, I had this whole story about, um, do you remember, well, you remember Luke from oh, that yeah, show. Yeah. Are we doing first names? We didn't in the- I know, I did it the last time, but I'm gonna <laughs> throw it out there. So Luke, yeah. Mar- do you remember him? Yeah. I had a fling with him, <laughs> but the problem wasn't just that we had a thing. It was that at first I didn't know he had a an actual girlfriend, yeah. and then it was like so far in, and then that was a problem. And it was a whole story I, I told to to date. It is our most controversial topic, um, and you know, that's- and you know. What's funny with that, too, is not only did Nina marry your brother, Kendall, but yeah. she also married my ex in the oh. next show. So... <laughs> we did. All right, ladies. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I also have to say that, um, one, I had no idea about you and, you and the LB. And... <laughs> I, that's hilarious to me because I also, I'm like, something about me, I am extremely oblivious to that kind of thing most of the time. Oh, 100%. So like, there was always little things like that happening in these shows and I'd always be like, what? (laughs) (laughs) In all fairness, it was kept very much on the DL and that was part of the fun. Well done. Um, Well done. But, (laughs) so don't feel too oblivious, but I actually, now that you say that, I kind of have a memory of like, multiple times uh, everybody being in a huddle and like gossiping and Nina just being like I'm sorry can we start at the beginning like, what, <laughs> like what's, what's the tea like, here Must because know. because like you said you were f-ing busy man yeah. you you had let's see you had uh swim during the in-between seasons between shows you're almost always a lead in a show um any other sports that i'm missing like did tennis for a while oh again not on varsity okay fair (laughs) enough 
Um, I, was, and, and I, I, I came to be known as like the supportive one on the sidelines who braided everybody's hair and cheered for them. Classic, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Classic, me too, cross country senior year. Hello, friends. Um, so I, okay, I have to go back to a comment you made about like pursuing basically Notre Dame. Is that where you ended up going? I thought you went to IU. Oh, I did not. I did not get in. Okay. I did not Classic. achieve the dream. Classic. Um, but you applied and that was still your interest and then you didn't get in. True. Yes. Okay. And um, yeah. I actually, I cannot remember, bless this woman, the woman who um, helped, who was like the ad- advisor, mm-hmm. one of those women, I actually stormed into her office one day and pretty sure I, I yelled at her pretty hard. <laughs> um, yep. Sorry. <laughs> NHS, that uh-huh. advisor, yeah. Because uh-huh. it made no sense to me that, like, if I, if any of us had gone to a public school, we would have had much higher grades, and our grade point average applying to school would have been much higher. And it mm-hmm. literally made it so that not only did it deflate my GPA, but mm-hmm. it all I still get pissed. It also made it like it made it so that it automatically disqualified me for different scholarships at places sure. like IU that said you have to have a certain GPA or above, and like technically when they did their little transfer uh-huh. Uh-huh. like the stuff that would have been a's down the street at the public school was technic was going in as lower than that yeah. or b's were going in as lower than that whatever and yeah. yeah i like ripped her a new one one day and like i don't regret well, it i just right you know. well this is something because- i don't know that i've talked about on the podcast but i know i've talked about it multiple times with gretchen Not um yet. Talking about the GPA specifically, I um, was just convinced I wasn't smart. Like, I knew that I was, like, good with people, and I knew that I, like, wasn't the dumbest person in in the room, but I just didn't think that I was really smart. And so I went to um, Murray State for college, and they asked me what my GPA was on a four-point scale, and I was like, oh, I don't actually don't know and so they did the little conversion and it came back that I had like actually like a 3.4 or something on a four uh-huh. point scale and I was like I'm not dumb <laughs> like, well uh, no and I but like because of that scale there was like a whole issue with my um mental health and like yeah. trauma well, related to class and specifically, so like Nina is talking about too, how we didn't weight anything above a four and mm-hmm. um, public schools weight things up to a five, I think. Yeah. So they have like four and a half for um, AP classes. And so we didn't, we didn't weight anything. And these are like, we've all grown up from that. I mean, I'm over it. I'm over it. And these are such white people problems of like, I didn't get into the school. Like, yeah. We, we, you know, at the time that was a really big deal, right? Of course it was, of course, like looking back now, it's like, oh yeah. Did Katie, it was, was it? Didn't know what was going on, but. Was it just Katie and Will that went to Notre Dame? I don't know. Probably. I think, I think Katie went and then I know that Will went because he did, um, he got the Lily scholarship and went there, but I, so you didn't get in and like, obviously you were ticked off at the time, but like looking back, you are definitely, yeah, (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, dodged a bullet dodged, there. Yeah. <laughs> Man. So much so. I mean, isn't it, was, it funny? Yeah. And I don't know when the, tr- like, what, um, if this is the appropriate transition into this kind of thing, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was, I've always been a very spiritual person and mm-hmm. I've always really cared about that. Um, and growing up really the only outlet was the Catholic church. And I mean, I grew up in yeah. Catholic family, maybe, you know, other Christian faiths in, in the area, but really <laughs> most for me, like the only outlet was the Catholic church. And, um, Hell so I got Catholic. really into that outlet and I got like for a while there for, um, two summers, I like lived and I worked at St. Meinrad in mm-hmm. a monastery. Mm-hmm. It's like an hour and a half um, away from Evansville and like lived and soaked up a lot of like tradition and, and totally still appreciate a lot of that and had some like made some amazing friends there. Um, Is that where your uncle studied? Uncle? Right? My mother, actually. My mom. Your mother, your mom did, but I thought, didn't, don't you have, isn't your uncle over as a, a deacon? Right. Yeah. I have a couple of uncles who are deacons. <laughs> so it's, it's ingrained in you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but did, the one that I knew from, uh, uh, from later was, I thought he went to my room too. Vin, um, Vince? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. my, that's my uncle. One of my that's uncles. Okay. He's, he's like also the best human. If you've oh, ever met so him, great. he he's is so like, great. there's a joke within like his siblings, including my, my dad. And they're like, he's just going to like die of being too nice. <laughs> they, like joke about how like he's almost nice to a fault, but I don't yeah. think that's possible. So he's, he's, he's awesome. He's a sweetheart. So, um, so you go to the minor for a couple yeah. summers. And like, it was both really awesome and also, you know, as I started to get older and expand my horizons more and more, I, I started to see um, it, it almost made things more complicated <laughs> because sure. I was so connected to like, and, and, and in my opinion, the Catholic church is so, I mean, if, if any of the listeners are people who went to high school with us, um, I mean, you we remember during those- ragged on it don't worry like well during you know during those um you know my mom got her master's in theology when I was growing up and my brother and my sister-in-law his wife they Uh both got their degrees they both they met in a theology class in Notre Dame um and obviously I've got a lot of deacons in the fam right so so like it's been very catholic fam very it, it is quite catholic but it's also not like just there's a lot of different strands of catholicism which I'm sure we can all agree on and like yeah the strand that like I grew up in a church in downtown Evansville that like openly talked about wel- welcoming gay people in like uh-huh. the early 2000s. And that was pretty progressive as far as Catholic churches go. And so like yep. I grew up and I had like a highly educated theological talking mom and it was never about like follow these rules and you will go to heaven. It was a lot more like a conversation around like what's right and what's wrong and, and morality and tradition and, you know, history and stuff like that. And so that I'm, I'm all down, I'm down, I'm down for right. that completely. Right. And coming into like a, uh, an MHS setting yeah, where you go to like a, my, my mom at my old church, like at the church um, in Evansville that we, I grew up in, she would actually write 
the introductions and stuff for our um, uh, reconciliation uh, yeah. okay. ceremonies. So like uh, those examinations of conscience and stuff. And so going into like MHS and having like a white old priest standing up on the, on the altar saying like, have you masturbated in the past? <laughs> yeah. Have right? you done this? And it was just like, oh my God. And I remember oh. telling my, coming home and telling my mom that, and she just was like face palm. It was, yeah. And so I feel like I, um, there are, there's so much about the, the church that has made me who I am and that like, I totally respect. It's mostly the stuff that's like way beyond that's like way more theoretical and like theological and often yeah. the stuff that doesn't translate down to like your average church. And so, um, and during was- college and after I would still go to church for like yeah, a few yeah. years after that. And mm-hmm. they all were saying things that I was like, I don't agree with this. This isn't right. the kind of, um, Downtown I could was- get into more of that and how that, cause I feel like that that's been, that's a pretty deep through line for me and kind of, what led me to who I am now and kind of what some of the sticky, messy parts that you referenced before we started recording, you know? Yeah. That was St. Vincent de Paul, right? Downtown? Mm-hmm. No. What's it called? St. Mary's. St. Mary's. Mary's. Yeah. yeah. Which has what? since lost much of its progressive sort of <gasps> style, which sucks. What a, a bummer. Yeah. Really sucks. Yeah. But but then, so, yeah, because I remember talking to you through college and you doing a lot of, like, journaling and introspection in that respect and kind of saying that, like, yeah, you were attending those Catholic, um, um, uh, uh, meetings, like, the, 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 like, church and, and, um, I don't know, do you guys have, um, what's that called, Newman Center? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in attending those and us just kind of being like, yeah, spirituality is very different than that. (laughs) Yeah. It was just like, oh, this is the only, this is still like the only frame of reference that I have for like diving into spirituality. And yet it's so not, not working, not working Mm -hmm. for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Took me a while though to realize just how much it wasn't working for me. Well, and so that brings me to where you were studying international business, right? What was the, the, the actual major that you had? So my official major compilation was right. international studies with a focus in sub-Saharan Africa, mm-hmm. liberal arts management business, um, business management program certificate, and I minored in economics and French. Right. Wow. Well, because the French thing was AP French in in MHS at MHS, and you were like the one student. <laughs> it's all, all of like I was, uh, yeah, with a bunch of like people who actually who from uh, there was a group of people from Canada, like a handful, <laughs> who were thrown in there with me. Yeah, yeah. And I had just like spent a summer in France thinking I could totally hang and they all had such different <laughs> accents. I couldn't understand oh a word of what they were saying. Yeah. yeah, the Montreal French. Oh man. But and so and so you 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 have to integrate some of that that faith-based knowledge into going into those international studies because obviously people from different parts of the world are going to have different faiths. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was 
I mean, that was definitely part of it. And uh, in college, I studied abroad in South Africa for a summer where Mm -hmm. I went to, I went, you know, it was such an important part of the family I was staying with. And so I would go to church with them every Sunday. Um, And that was so, that was so powerful to like Mm -hmm. be part of the, the music and, you know, eventually, and I was after college moving around the country for a few years, you know, in every different place, I went to like different churches because I was like mm-hmm. trying to figure out what would be like a good kind of grounding place for me to, for me to go to. Yeah. Um, and that, so you know, and I, yeah. I was going to say, let's talk about that. I know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, um, I know what only, that is. <laughs> well, yeah. The only thing I knew about you graduating, uh, you know, post-graduation is that you have lived in a bunch of places, but were you with like AmeriCorps or what were you up to? Um, no, not AmeriCorps, nope. uh, <laughs> but I appreciate the guess. No, um, <laughs> I was, I was at, uh, I'm going to, I'll drop whatever. It doesn't matter to say the name, I guess. I was at GE. I was in one oh. of their big like corporate training programs for finance. Okay. Which moved and you around every three, four months. Every six months. I was in a new city oh, yeah. with a new job and starting like new coursework. And it was, it was really rigorous and super competitive. Um, and is finance, like obviously, yeah, it was your major, but out of everything, was that what you were actually passionate about doing? Well, what led me to that, short answer, no. What led me to that, <laughs> what led me to that though, um, was that time in South Africa and studying international studies and business and being like an econ um, and seeing how money and the, the power of money to in, in our, in social change. And like, yep. we, we have such obviously such disparity between country to country. And mm-hmm. um, when we, but it's not necessarily, it it's not a reflection of intelligence. It's not a reflection of, of creativity it's a reflection of access to capital mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. me coming into finance i i i went for this finance role um for the finance career path at first with the thought of i'm going to do this for a few few year, few years really cut my teeth and then i'm going to spin off and like do um international development style finance like working at that. um doing like micro loans or stuff that supports um, business as a positive force for change. Yeah. Wow. And there's, a, there's even, an, yeah, there's an international program through it that you were hoping to get the opportunity at times to allocate funds to some projects that could really change some, some areas that were, yeah, that, were, well, that needed it. Yeah. I, there was, you know, with his every six months move, I stayed within the States, but there were opportunities for some people who were in my mm-hmm. same position were able to go to London, Paris, places in Africa. Like some people spent six months in other areas. Um, and so, but unfortunately that, that wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> I was say, it was Tulsa, Tulsa, Houston, Louisville. It was Louisville, Houston, Oklahoma city, yeah. Um, and a small town called 
Minden, Nevada, which is actually right on the border of California and right next to South Lake Tahoe. So that was pretty rad. Yeah, I was going to say that's probably pretty cool. <laughs> and this was like the two years out of college. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a lot for what are we at that age? Like 23, 24, yeah. going on 25. Yep. I turned um, 25 in Nevada. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And so was, with this, like, with Connor's law, actually. No Connor. way. Wait a minute. Connor he- came to visit me because he was moving from LA back to Indiana and he came through and like hung out and we did, and we sky, we did, we, for my birthday, we went skydiving. That's in amazing. Tahoe. You're going to you have don't... to help us get connected with him to interview because he is also someone I forgot. Like Gretchen was talking about Connor. I was like, I, was I like, Connor. a single Connor in my whole life. And she was like, yes, you, yes do. you do. He's in the I background of this photo. I saw a photo of him and it came back to me. And I was like, yeah. what a cool dude. I just, my bad. So um, was not to hear from him. That's hilarious that of anybody you could have said right then that's. <laughs> who connect yeah. with you but I that, so that really you matters. were like obviously in this setup of you said it was a training program so there's a bunch of I'm assuming other young 23 24 25 year olds that are kind of in the same thing so you sort of have a a, a community that you're with but um was that something you were able well I can totally see you embracing it because like I said you are just like somebody who's so intoxicating people love being around you and I think you love being around people but was that challenging for you to also kind of be yeah with these people that you know and that are kind of going through the same thing but still ultimately strangers um that gets yeah that's a complicated question for me um because the answer is yes, yes, yeah. it was it was hard. It was a really, I mean, I think for anybody now in hindsight, the years after college, if you go to college, I think the years Such. of just adjusting to adulthood, no matter what your journey is, it, are adulthood as in like being on your own, mm-hmm. having to find, you know, make your own way and make your own decisions. And for me being like, in some ways, I think I've always had the, the streak of like, I'll just do it all and everybody will be happy, you know? <laughs> Cause like, then I won't let anybody down. And if I let myself down, well, okay. You know, you know, I can, I can put in the extra hours to make sure that I don't let myself down. <laughs> but, you know, that's the hope, but uh, yeah. that's not really how it ended up happening at least for that. And during that period. And, um, and so I would say, um, Uh, I kind of lost my train of thought. Hold on. Um, I know that that time was challenging for you, not only because you were moving around so much, but because every six months you had a new team that you had to establish yourself with. And that not, I mean, uh, to come in and immediately be handling financials is so um, intimate. Yeah. And, um, and like the communities, like I was saying about, I'm trying to, I, I, I wish I could pick up that train of thought of like being kind of a people pleaser and then how that ended up not really 
panning it. Oh, here's what I was trying to get at. It's like, it's easy to just say, for me, I, my knee jerk was always just say yes and do it. And then once the plate got too full, like I would be the one who would take the hit. Like personally, I would like not sleep or I would do, I would do the thing. I would sacrifice instead of just saying no. And, um, and that works up into a point. And then, um, <laughs> it's, and, then it doesn't. and then it doesn't. Yeah. And I think when you're off on your own and you're making your own decisions and you're not making decisions to like please people or to get the degree or to do those kinds of things, yeah. it starts to be, it's like, it's, it starts to be a big, a big, you know, some people just are doing that the whole time. And then by the time they're adults, it's like, yeah, whatever. I'm just glad to have all this freedom to make my own decisions. But for <laughs> me, I feel like I've always been more I was always like the peacemaker style one and kind of collaborative and stuff like that in a sense that when it comes to, hey, here you go. Here's like the rest of your life and you get to do whatever you want with it. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, what? Mm-hmm. What now? You know, and, and that um, and then leaving, leaving just like the community that was my college community and college was um, you know, had its ups and downs, but overall, you know, had some really solid friends coming out of there and leaving right. that behind and moving all over the place was like a huge shake to my identity. Um, and also leaving behind like all the things I was involved in in college, I was involved in a bunch of stuff there too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and radio, leaving- broadcast radio. And mm-hmm. that was the big one that I know that you spent a lot of time on. And then Tons. just your um your major in general of that international business international studies community yeah you guys were pretty close-knit so do you feel like as you were put with these different um these different communities every six months or three months whatever it was with your um new um location uh also I can only imagine because I think uh, we so often forget the different cultures um, between states too. So Mm -hmm. like you're also going into these like very Mm -hmm. different um, scenarios society wise, once you get there, Um, were you battling like imposter syndrome with like having to like, or like seeing like one thing and then just being like, well, I guess I'll be that thing now. Cause you were just kind of saying you sort of, lost your identity or was it totally you yeah. were finding pieces of yourself in <laughs> <Yeah>. each location <laughs> yes yes and um so I definitely like moving especially at that age on the plus side and question and like oh it was it started to get easier and easier to see like it, I both learned about these new cultures and I also look back on the way I grew up and the you know going to Indiana University of course like Indiana. I think living in Louisville didn't feel like a big change because Louisville's like part of that whole thing. But what going uh-huh. down to Houston was a huge change. Not only, yep. be, you know, Texas being so, so different culturally, but also like I started getting at the end of college, I started to fall in love with poet, with slam poetry and poetry in general. Yeah. And I don't necessarily perform, but I just love watching it. And so within like the first couple of weeks, I was like, I feel like if I want to, you know, get some I've been in Boulder. I've been in Colorado and Boulder too long. I'm about to, I, I'm like catching myself saying things like, if I want to get like juicy, <laughs> kind of like emotionally Like if I want to like, like feel it, if I want to feel yeah. it. <laughs> then I need to, um, then like I need to start, I can't do that very much with like the work stuff for obvious reasons. 
Um, it was right. pretty, you know, just the culture there was not, a, there are some places where you work where people are super duper open and personal, but not in these situations that I was in. So uh, I found this like this slam poetry thing. And I actually talked to Gretchen a lot during this time. So she knows yep. a lot about this, but um, I- Specifically the, Oklahoma City, I remember. Yeah, but it started out in Houston where there was like, mm-hmm. I started going to these slam poetry events and started going to these like small group things where all of the poets would come and hang out and like talk about social justice. Um, and I was, uh, and it was pretty much all people of color and not only all people of color, but many of them were LGBTQIA plus, whatever you would right. identifying as non-heterosexual. And, um, right. and so I, I feel like that, you know, even at IU, there was, there were protests going on my senior year about how there's only 4% people of color at IU. And so just growing up where we grew up and going to the schools we, we went to, like diversity was not, um, it was not high, um, it was not mm-hmm. high. And right. so look, going there and being surrounded by people, not only were like a much more like div- diverse crowd, but I also just being around these, the, the slam poetry scene um, really put into stark contrast for me the difference between how I grew up, which subtly, it was never like oppressively like outspoken like this, but like subtly um, there was a sense of, I'm your elder, I know best, you don't talk. Right. right. And going down to, te- to Houston, being around all these different kinds of people who our poets who are speaking their truth, their messy truth on a stage in front of a ton of people and like commanding respect and command making themselves be heard. I was like, Oh wow. Like this is awesome. And more people like, I wish I'd grown up like this. And they had like slam poetry mm-hmm. groups in high schools in in Houston right. and in grade schools. And I'm like, that is amazing. Right. Um, so that was a huge, and, and also just a, seeing um meeting people from so many different circumstances and uh learning and and hearing real stories of racism and um and experiencing sexism in my work as well in different ways um it just really started to activate me and uh i got i got really involved with that with that slam poetry group and you know, that's kind of when Black Lives Matter was, what, 2014, 2015, when Black Lives yeah, Matter really was even. really just beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Over so, in um, uh, Ferguson. In yeah, so the death of Mike Brown was in 2014 mm-hmm. when I just moved to Louisville. Mm-hmm. And then Houston was right after that, was after that. And that was actually, I was, I was in Houston when Sandra Bland was found. Was found and I don't dead. know that story. Yeah. And um, but she, was, she was found dead, like, in a cell um, outside of, in a small town outside of Houston. Oof. Um, and like, it became a huge, she, you know, a lot of the people, if you, if you look Sandra Blanche, that's a big, you know, big yeah. yeah. Um, and so anyway, that's, I learned a lot by, by traveling and then moving up to, you know, all these other different places had their, all, had, all of them had their own little gems and definitely mm-hmm. their own <laughs> difficulties too. I was also like, Houston was, was both was an extremely important time and also in some ways a very lonely time. Yeah. So after those, Oh, sorry. No, I just, I, I, I just, I'm thinking about like moving to an area and not necessarily like being a part of things, but not necessarily being like close to anyone. 
And especially if you feel like you're not expressing yourself in that way, like it, it can, it can be very, very alienating um, to, to be around so many people that are being so expressive. And you're like, Oh, I, I don't know what that looks like for me. Like, <laughs> I don't know, well, I don't know and, how to make that. And the realization that, well, where I came from, I, things were just different. And right. so how, how do I even, I don't even have anything to express because I, you know, white privilege, we had it all. Like how, how do we, um, and for me being straight, like I don't have anything that I've struggled with in, in that regard either. So yeah, to sit sure. there and be like mind blown well, by. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is, there is this level of like, why maybe I don't really have anything to say. And I also yeah. think that's coming from a little bit of the, that you talked about of the elders thing of, um, you know, kind of not being allowed to express yourself. So then you just end up being in this circle of like, well, maybe what I have to say isn't important. And so I'll just sit back and listen. But I did want to ask, um, so this was two years you said of doing this and then mm -hmm you um continued on what at what point did you end up in boulder this is where i again i knew you moved around a lot i had no idea why and then i still know nothing so <laughs> yeah so um let's see what version of the story do you want <laughs> you can tell us the saddest version that you want to do <laughs> or i was gonna say whatever feels right i mean i don't need a I, I want to know the truth, I guess. Well, no, I mean, I'm just like, I could go, I could go as out there as you want. I'm just, uh, you know, I just want to make sure you're ready. <laughs> yeah. not the only, like, I am, that out I'm there. loving this. I am like, so in. Okay. Um, so let's see. And I also just to clarify on like the poetry stuff, I, I do write some poetry and like, I do mm -hmm. feel like I, um, it was actually there that I, first it was it was there was definitely an aspect of like finding my voice around other people who were like so you know it's just awesome to like be around other people who are embodying something that you want yourself and so I wouldn't say I felt like out of place from a sense of like feeling like I was less than because I didn't have something but it felt really it was awesome it was invigorating it was, it was yeah awesome to be part of these Power. conversations yeah and also to just be privy to the experiences of people who of people who I I no, I didn't have that experience, but like to be privy to that experience and also privy to that experience through poetry, which is so inherently like emotional and raw and like experiential. It was, yeah. it was really transformative. And, um, but, uh, it was definitely a time of finding my voice where I actually played a song at an open mic for the first time ever when I was in Houston with this group of people and I was like shaking. And that's something I like do fairly regularly now, actually. Right. Um, so that was like a you big, you don't still use my guitar. Do you? I do not. No, I did buy my own guitar. <laughs> I, I remember I gave your guitar back to your mom, like a couple, a year and a half ago. Did you really? Ago. I'm yeah. going to talk to Gail then because I did not know that that, that sock puppet guitar was back at my home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, it's that I, one. It's the sock puppet one. Yeah. Yes, I was swear I dropped Gail it off with your mom, with your mom at like some it. house. <laughs> I, I don't, it, I, it wasn't like your old house that you, you know, Anyway, yeah, but, yeah. uh, so I'm like, I want to give you the version that's real without like going so into the weeds that we're on this for another hour and a half. 
Um, doing it to do. But okay, so whenever I, I, you know, I, I went to my rotation in Oklahoma City, where I was actually by myself. Um, there were no other people in my in my like cohort or whatnot in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. So it was, but I like, it was kind of on the plus side. I really needed that because I had like zero social temptations and had like zero friends, <laughs> which was actually kind of nice because after being like, after, you know, just sometimes you want to break from that. I feel like we all maybe experienced that in the COVID times. Um, yeah. yeah. And so I feel like it was my like break time where it was one of those phases in my life where the first thing I asked was like, what do I want to do? You know, instead mm-hmm. of thinking about what anybody else wanted to do. Um, and so that was really awesome. But uh, it also reopened this big thing because I was working in their oil and gas arm and I was working in um, ESP, electric submersible pumps, which is fancy talk for fracking. Yeah. Oh. Um, and during that time, I was also experiencing like every, there were over in the six months that I was there, there were over 400 plus. 50 earthquakes and they were related Whoa. to the fracking that uh-huh. was happening. And I'm like, I sleep like a log. Like I've always slept like a freaking rock and I would be woken up to the shaking of my bed. Multiple, like that happened multiple times. Same. Um, mm-hmm. And so after like doing with considering like the beliefs I came into the whole thing with and wanting to like help people and use finance to like make, you know, make, capital more accessible the world better yeah make the world better i was like damn it yeah and oklahoma was like i look back on it as like my favorite six month time period um i feel like i grew so much professionally during that time and then i also like grew so much personally because i just did whatever i wanted and um and I also, you know, obviously made there, the people there were so kind and I had some awesome work relationships and friendships at work and stuff. Um, so, but then I went from there out to, out to Nevada, which was like, which um, was a much more low key role. Like the role just wasn't as demanding, which meant I had a lot of time to think. And that was, and it got me to that point where I was like, oh shit since I'm not like so busy with work now, I, yeah. I have to like, I, I have all this time to, to think and I'm realizing that this is like, that I'm not happy. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so it was really during that six months where like, and like, you know, the, all the creativity that I was feeling in like the, my first year out of school and stuff like that, like I was just feeling like dried up. I was already feeling just like grumpy and like, unhappy and just you know I just felt like this I lost is what spark. life is like until you're 65 and then what like exactly yeah. and I could like mm-hmm. see I could I saw you know it's like not to diminish the difficulty and the dedication that it takes to like climb a corporate ladder and to work really you know to pursue a career at a large organization but like I could see the path and I knew like I could do it and I knew what I'd have to do to do it. And I didn't feel inspired at all. Yeah. And I was like, damn, you know? Um, So, and even like thinking about doing what I thought I was going to do, which was like going into, into 
micro lending and stuff like that, I was like, I don't want to see another Excel spreadsheet for a long time. You know, (laughs) I don't even want to, that doesn't even excite me. Um, and so, um, I, but I was still kind of like, this was such, this is such a good opportunity. And like, I still, I was, I've always been driven by this desire to travel and, my, my grandfather growing up, he would tell me all these stories about his travels. He grew up actually also working for GE. So I was like the favorite granddaughter for a while there. Um, and he traveled all over the world with his career. So like growing up, I feel like that was the seed plants in my brain was like, I want that. I want to like travel the world and I want to meet people from all over the place. And like, and then I was like, we're literally like working for GE and like traveling, even though I wasn't necessarily like traveling to other places, like I was doing it and I was like, not happy. So that was like Mm -hmm. a huge foundational, like, Oh moment. Plus Um, the boys, the boys club mentality of it. There was a bit of that. Yeah. And I think like just a bit of me, but mostly you can find, you know, you can find that anywhere, but I was going to say the good old boys club. I know them well. Yeah. (laughs) And like from, I think that, you have to have, there's a certain level of foundational like relationships and just like grounding things that remind you who you are and the kind of like emotional supports and supports of all kinds that enable you to be in a situation that maybe isn't like always your favorite. (laughs) But let's be honest, most work situations aren't always going to be like, you know, Ideal. hanging out with your friends all time. Right. Um, yeah. but if you don't have those underlying pieces, like that's when it gets to be really toxic. And mm-hmm. so I know a lot of people who do the exact same work I did and who, or are doing like stuff and that really intense work, but they're doing just fine. Like they're super healthy, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you can't, you know, for me, I didn't have any of those foundational pieces in place. And like after moving so many times and saying goodbye to so many people and, um, and like watching as my felt like my really, you know, as time goes on, your relationships start to diminish when they're long distance and you never see them. And I was just like, Holy shit. Like, who am I? What do I really want? Like I'm unhappy and this sucks. Um, (laughs) and I'm living in like the most beautiful place in the country and I'm like unhappy. Yeah. Um, and so that was, that felt like a really big wake up call. And, um, I had the opportunity to like continue traveling and to go into, um, it was another like really competitive program and I had the opportunity to join that and I accepted and, uh, I'm kind of sometimes look back and feel ashamed to say that I like reneged that, um, because I, because I just, kind of realized in the couple months in between starting and leaving my last rotation and starting this next thing, I had moved to Florida to be close with my grandparents who were aging and my, 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 my sister who I had hadn't seen for more than a few days at a time in like five years, but she's like right. one of my best friends. Right. And I was like, if I'm going to do this traveling all time, like I might as well just be with my family when I'm not traveling. I moved down there and it was like a big come to, Come to Jesus, if you will. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> of like, wait a second. This is what it feels like to like feel supported. And this is what, you know, this is right. what you need right now. And 
Um, so you stayed down there for a while. So I stayed down, ended up staying down there for a year and ended up, um, which just opened for me. Like it was, it kind of became my, my find myself year, if you will. Um, where I spent a lot of time with my family and my sister was pregnant at the time. So I like spent a lot of time with her and spent a lot of time with my grandparents, um, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, priceless and, um, did a lot of yoga and actually did like Mm -hmm. a yoga instructor training program. Um, which was really awesome. I quit my job. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Um, and, and you were able to quit your job and you were able to be part of this thing that like you could be part of fully and not just in that like reserved way that finance did for you. It was like a mind, body, and spirit kind of thing with the yoga stuff. I remember you feeling very connected to that. Yeah, I felt like I was coming back to to what you know with that question of what do I, what did I want, and for what long time the answer was I don't know. Right. Um, and still, in a lot of ways, the answer is I don't know. <laughs> Definitely. But, um. But, you know, it came back to find, you know, just coming back to like the basics. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what it was. Spending time with family, spending time, you know, taking care of myself. And, um, and then I kind of was able to slowly make that pivot that I wanted to make in the, in the beginning towards like social impact work. Um, and also a lot of like healing work. And so, Um, so yeah, just, I feel like a lot of it was, I, you know, in the yoga experience, I, a lot of trauma came up for me that I was remembering and like, oh, that's probably why I was like, you know, that, that's the script that's been running, like the way I've been living my life. And Mm -hmm. the reason why I've been so anxious and tied up in my work and using that as a distraction from dealing with some of these like deeper, painful things sure. and that's really when I was like oh and also you know also how that whole you know not using your voice comes into finding yourself in you know in my case finding myself in unsafe situations and not speaking up and then right. experiencing trauma and wait a second where does all this come from that like my voice isn't as important as other people's or particularly isn't as important as men isn't as important as you know like other people know better about what i should do than i do like where the hell is that coming from oh a lot of that low-key came from my upbringing in a place like the catholic church where a white celibate guy who knew nothing about feminine sexuality who knew nothing about feminism the only feminine icon in the catholic church in a real way is the Virgin Mary. It was just like, <laughs> yeah. none of this, this was, you know, I'm not trying to say that it's the devil. I'm just trying to say that like the patriarchy that is involved in the Catholic church is, I think really harmful to a lot of young women. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, um, and that's when I basically was like, okay, cool. Not going to do that no more. Cause now like, every time, <laughs> I'm not going to go there anymore. That's not, that's not going to be for me. And, um, Unless it changes, right? Unless like maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. But, but probably that's... not. <laughs> I, yeah, the 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 likelihood that they would empower um, 
uh, female voices to the right. level that that the world demands of it right now mm-hmm. is uh, unlikely. But uh, we're, we're still holding out. There's got to be another. There's got to be another like um, uh, Mother Teresa out there that isn't as harmful as Mother Teresa, right? Like that's got to be out there somewhere, right? <laughs> like, yeah. There's. there's I Maybe mean, it's my- Nina Bernardin. I'm not, don't, don't, don't be talking like this. <laughs> All right. You heard it here first. All right. Um, so we're, we're oh, just over an hour and we oh. have, yeah, it's okay. We, this is important. You, you said a lot of important things and it's important. Yeah. I, like, it doesn't feel like an hour. Yeah. I do want to feel free to cut whatever you want to cut. <laughs> uh, we don't. I'm just I don't. You haven't listened to this, but we don't. So. <laughs> oh shit. There's, there's, well, there's... we'll cut some of the long pauses at the beginning. But well, yeah, I mean. And yeah. this. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but I. Okay, so then you're in Florida, and then at what point do you get to Boulder? So. It was during this whole soul searching time that I got connected to the company I'm currently working for and to the kind of, to, I already knew I wanted to be out in Denver for a long time. I've had some family out here, kind of, I visited out here and seriously was going to move out here after college, but, you know, didn't, wasn't ready to say one place was going to be my home for a long period of time yet. And I was ready though. I was ready to move someplace and, um, I knew that Florida was just kind of like a stopping point along the way. I already, I knew that from the very beginning. I wasn't going to stay in Florida. Um, So yeah, I moved out here and I was, you know, working up in Boulder. I don't actually, I live in Denver now. I don't live in Boulder. Oh, oh, okay. um, I've, I've spent a lot of time up there and have a lot of friends up there. You know, it's only like 30 minutes away. Um, And so, yeah, that's how I got to Boulder, Denver area. That's like, this has been genuinely so cool. I am not (laughs) surprised really by any of this information because, you know, I, I just think that you have always been somebody who, um, is extremely open-minded. You know, I think you being involved in things like tennis, being involved in things. And this is just coming from like, you know, when I first ever knew of you as a person, like, there's the tennis girl, the swimming girl, the theater girl, the AP French girl, the like, <laughs> like your, your resume, if you will, already even in high school showed like, I am not Diversity. a one box person. Right. I am so open to like everything that's out there. And I, I want to like soak it up. And right. so, you know, it's, it's so cool to actually like have context to what little I knew from Facebook um and and you know that's unfair because I told you some of this stuff I had to have because I was as soon as you said Florida I do kind of remember Gretchen being like oh Nina moved to Florida but I (laughs) Um, yeah yeah I but that that's all I remember of you moving to Florida um right and I so this is, unless if you have any final thoughts, this is actually a question Gretchen and I came up with to ask as the final question. Um, but I think it's a good transition. Um, it, our question is like, would you, 
would like high school you be surprised of like where you are today? Yeah, would they recognize you yes. as you? Would they be like, oh, that makes sense? Or would they be like, mm-hmm. you know what? She took some turns there. Did that, you know? What I would think, she have to say? No, I, I think that my high school self would be pretty proud. Yeah. yeah. And That's I've awesome. given this a lot of thought because there were times when I asked myself that same question and was like, if three years ago me saw what I was doing right now, they would be appalled. No. <laughs> like the fracking part. <laughs> the fracking <laughs> part specifically. <laughs> like I might have, I actually had a fight with a friend of mine because he was like, if you are actively destroying the planet, I don't know if I can be your friend. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I hear you. I actually kind of... Actually, Gretchen, you told me, I remember telling you about this and you were like, you know, that probably upsets you because to a degree you feel that same way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's right. I remember like talking to you about this specifically, Gretchen. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, yeah. I think, I think high school me would recognize me. Yeah. Because now you are working for, uh, uh, um, economically and eco- centric um like is it so it's a publication right so i now work for a company um to put it simply uh used to be a publication so you are not wrong but um it's called socap social capital markets and i do product management and website design and i kind of do a little bit of everything for them (laughs) to be honest um, I've also kind of started to spin off in the past couple months on my own and take on some side projects in like, um, helping startups get off the ground and getting more and more plugged into like the startup scene here in yeah. Denver and Boulder, which has been really cool. Um, and yeah, but it, SoCap is all about the intersection of money and meaning. And so like we support social entrepreneurs, it's mostly an event, but we're like expanding it into a bunch of educational opportunities and things like that. So it's less for me now, it's less like crunching any numbers and seeing like what deserves investment. It's more strategy, marketing, like thought leadership kind of organization. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. That that lines up totally with what you wanted to do. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's come, it's, uh, it's been, it's been an interesting little, little journey, Sure, but and I am, I need to remind myself how far I've come sometimes. Cause I think like, you know, it's easy to just get to think about what could improve, but yeah. Well, well you, okay. So as I say, anything that you want to like plug in that respect, yeah, like, is there any I, companies that you want to like, ooh. cause uh, eco roots, I don't know if you work with eco roots down in Denver, but that's a that's a sustainable um ethically sourced company that's working out of denver right now i haven't heard of them actually so i'll have to look them up yeah um i do now host our podcast (laughs) yeah um i host the world changing women podcast now which is all about like women entrepreneurs nice um and we're about to release the third episode of Ooh. at least my, we're at like 43 episodes or something, but the third episode where I'm the host is going to hopefully sure. come out in the next couple of days. So awesome. Let's see. Yeah. I have to, I have to like, edit it. So I edit it too. So I'm like, oh I feel gosh. your pain. <laughs> yeah. hey. uh, there'll be a link somewhere below for you to check out Nina and what she is putting together. 
with mm -hmm. uh, women who matter. So anything else that you want to say to all of the high school people and Kendall's friends who are listening? <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel so put on the say, spot, but... say the stupid thing that you just thought of because you definitely <laughs> thought of something that was like, I don't know, keep listening. I, <laughs> I was going to say, what up? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, friends. I'm uh, What's good. And What's popping? I hope to yeah. see you in your reunion this uh, Thanksgiving. No, no, no. We're not talking about it. We're not going to do a reunion. Oh, wait. Sorry. <laughs> Gretchen got way too drunk at the five-year reunion. She's ashamed. <laughs> that's oh, that's so on, way true. too drunkenness is on Lindsay and I because we like all agreed we were all going to go and then we... Lindsay and I, like the week before, we're like, we ain't going. <laughs> Nina drove Nate and I. I, I did. Oh, yeah, I, I did. So you missed it. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I, th uh, I hit on Sarah so many times. Nate was like, oh, so you had a crush on her. Who uh, <laughs> <Sarah> doesn't? <laughs> okay, Nina, thank you so much. This really, yeah. like, I, um, now that I have your phone number, I will be checking in with you on the regular. <laughs> Excited Please to um, continue to see you do awesome things. And um, thanks for being our guinea pig and yeah. being so willing to like talk with us about this stuff. Uh, I just, I just think the world of you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you.